How many are glad you're in God's house today? Say amen. amen, amen. What a great day, huh? Praise God. Every day is a great day. Thank the Lord. We're going to look at a portion of scripture about Abraham's faith in the New Testament. And for those of you that have read about Abraham in Genesis, you know, all of this gets tied together. And if you haven't done that recently, go, you know, when you get home, uh, Genesis chapter 12 through Genesis 22, those, those 10 chapters in Genesis are being referred to and covered here in Romans chapter 4. So turn to Romans chapter 4 and verse 16. I love putting the Old Testament and the New Testament together because the Old Testament is God's picture of New Testament truth. New Testament truth is always pictured in the Old Testament. You put the two together. And the Apostle Paul, of course, being a good Jew, was referring to their father of the faith, Abraham, and this portion of Scripture, but it ties right into Genesis 12 through Genesis 22. So in the New International Version, and I'll use a couple of different versions today, so whatever version you're, you're in, just, just follow along. Uh, I think you'll see a, a difference here and there uh, and how it all ties together. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. How many are there? Amen. Amen. In the New International Version, it says, Therefore, the promise comes by what? Faith. So that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, have you ever been there where you lost all hope? You didn't know if God was going to come through or not? Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Verse 19 is key, verse 19 and 20. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God being fully persuaded. Say fully persuaded. Is anybody fully persuaded here today that God's going to do what he promised he was going to do? Okay. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I got a knower down inside of me. Anybody got a knower inside of you? Down, way down deep inside of me somewhere, I know that I know that I know that I know God is going to come through and do what he promised he's going to do. So come on, somebody praise God with me today. You see, I hadn't preached in a few weeks, so I'm all, I'm all fired up. And if you don't say amen, I'll say amen. If you don't answer the altar call, I'll answer the altar call. I'm here to give God the glory today. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Did I finish that verse? No. Look at it. Verse 21, being fully persuaded, say fully persuaded, persuaded. that God had the power to do what he promised. That's faith. 
that God had the power to do what he promised. And so I've got four little points there in, in those verses that all tie together that I'm really entitling this message, Keep the Faith. And I gave them my outline late, but hey, they got it up there, so they're doing great. Thank you, BJ. Uh, keep the faith. I mean, know sometimes it's hard to keep the faith. Man, there's a lot of things coming from the outside. There's a lot of things hitting our head, our emotions, you know, all of these things. And sometimes God just doesn't show up like we think he ought to when we think he ought to. Ought to. That's right. If God would just do what I tell him to do, everything would be okay, wouldn't it? <laughs> Aren't you glad that God doesn't answer every prayer? Have you, have you lived long enough to say, thank you, Lord, you didn't answer that prayer? Amen. You thought it was good for you, and it wasn't good for you at all. God knows what he's doing. Say amen. So we've got to learn to wait on God. Real faith learns to keep the faith, to stay the course, to keep your eyes focused on the promise, to never give up no matter what's going on. I'm going to keep the faith. What about you? Amen. Well, it's easy to say amen on Sunday morning, but there are people who used to be in this church, in every church, and where are they today? Somewhere along the way, they didn't keep the faith. And they got tired of waiting. Anybody... Anybody enjoy waiting? Anybody born with the gift of waiting? The gift of patience. And yet we have to wait for things every day, every week of our life, don't we? We're always waiting on somebody else. You know, when you go to Walmart, now you got to be prayed up when you go to Walmart. I always survey all the lines and pick what I think is the shortest line that will get me through faster and it's always the longest wait. That guy was way back there in the next line, and, and there he is going out the door, and I'm still waiting. What, what about doctor's office? My wife, Linda, went to, went to the doctor last week, and she had, kept, people kept going ahead of her until she went up there and said, hey, you got my name down? <laughs> you know, she waited a long time. We're, we're always waiting somewhere, waiting at a, at a, at a traffic light. Now, I, I don't have much patience with traffic light because that just seems like a, a boring thing to do, sit there and look at that red light. So I don't have much attention span to watch it. And, I, and, and, and so I get, I get to praying or thinking or looking on my phone or looking over here, and it turns green. Can you believe the guy behind me is always ready to go <laughs> before I'm ready to go and is honking his horn at me? Anybody ever get honked at, Okay. I mean, we live in an impatient world, right? I mean, we have instant this, instant that, and if we have to wait a little bit longer than we think, boy, we have lost the faith, haven't we? Well, where is God? Where is God? So, so th this is what Paul is talking about here. In fact, I'll give you six stages of faith. Are you ready? It's not in your outline, but six stages of faith. The first one is the dream stage. This is where God came to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and said, I'll make you into a great nation. He said, he said, Abraham, you see all those stars out there? Can you count all those stars? That's how many kids you're going to have. Now, how many know that scares some of us, okay? <laughs> but this was a good dream, not a nightmare. This was a dream. And, and Abraham was 75 years old. And he said, I'm going to make you into a great nation. That's the dream. We've got to have God's dream, not our dream, if we're going to get anywhere with our walk of faith. Amen. But, but it doesn't stop there. That's just the beginning. Amen. The second phase of our faith is the decision stage. 
the decision stage, if you're noticing, these words all start with the letter D to help you dream to decision. What's the decision stage? That's when you take the risk and you step out in faith. Abraham had to do what? Leave his homeland and go to a place he had never heard of before. He didn't know where he was going. God said, I'm going to lead you. I'm going to direct you. That's the point of total surrender. You have to get to that place where you say, Lord, it's not my will, but your will be done. Lord, I surrender everything to you. Everything to you. How many know that's a lifelong process? That's not one experience. I did that years ago when I was 18, 19 years old. Man, I surrendered everything to God, got received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, got called into ministry. But I have to keep doing that. All through my life, I come to that point where, Lord, I have to say, I take my hands off this and I give it to you, Lord. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. And so the third phase now is not, phase three, four, and five are not the fun part. We love the dream. We step out by faith. We surrender all. We have this great experience with God, and now we want God to answer immediately. But the third phase is delay. God's delays are not his denials. Somebody write that down. That's worth tweeting today. God's delays are not his denials. The dream to be fulfilled will not happen instantly. There's always a gap of time, an interval in which God begins to work to prepare you and to prepare me for what he has shown us in a dream. We've stepped out in faith and made a surrender, but now God's got to get us ready. See, many times we think we're waiting on God. God's really waiting on us. It takes time to get ready for what God wants to do in your life. So because God wants you to grow, he prepares you. He builds you up. Eleven years went by in the life of Abraham, and, and uh, he's now 86 years old in Genesis 16, 86. And it says, but Sarah still did not have born any children. What happened in those 11 years? According to if you ask Mr. Abraham, Brother Abraham, nothing. He had this great dream. He stepped out in faith. He left his homeland. He's now 86, 11 years. And, and this is the, when the time when you're tempted to doubt, despair, and take detours. Put your hands on it and try to make it happen yourself because now where is God? He said he was going to do this, and he hadn't done it yet. So the test of delay is not a denial. We don't understand God's timing. I, I've, often, I've often told folks when I preach in our church back in Lawton, I said, well, God is never late, but he's seldom early. He'll stretch your faith right down to the wire. But I mean, you know, God's always on time. When he, when, he, when he comes through, he's always on time. But we've got to remind ourselves of that. You know, the test of delay is the greatest test of faith. But then that leads us to the next, the next phase of faith, and that's difficulty. Difficulty. Now, not only is Abraham waiting, but now he encounters problems. It goes from bad to really bad to worse to impossible. He's now 99 years old. He still did not have a son. Sarah's 89. This is Genesis 17 and 18. How can a son be born to a man of my age? God changed his name from Abram to Abraham at this point, which meant what? The father of many nations. He's trying to encourage his faith. Stay the course, Abraham. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to fulfill the dream. I gave it to you years ago, but it's going to happen. And, and God continued to work 
on Abraham to root out the selfishness, the self-sufficiency, the flesh, all of the things that would hinder this incredible dream from coming to pass. God had to work on Abraham to get him ready. And so so here, at, at eventually God fulfills the dream at age 100, and his wife Sarah is 90. They have this miracle baby. They name him Isaac, which means laughter. Sarah laughed at the thought of it. If she'd really taken God serious and believed God, she'd been crying, not laughing at that age, right? Yeah. And, and so she laughs, Abraham laughs, and God gets the last life, and miracle baby's born, named laughter, Amen. Isaac. And then God allows a dead end, a dead end to your faith. Your dream seems to die. You seem to lose hope. Abraham was asked to give up the miracle child. God tells him in Genesis 21 and 22, take Isaac and sacrifice him on the mountain. This was not easy. Abraham didn't understand. It made no sense. Here, Isaac at this point is 25 years old. So now if you look back at when the dream first came in Genesis 12 to this point, it's 50 years. God said you're going to have lots of kids. He's got one. And now God's saying sacrifice the one. And it didn't make any sense. And yet there was, by this point, there was such incredible faith in Abraham's life that he didn't question God. He obeyed God, though he didn't make any sense. And he did stepped out in obedience. He gathered the wood. He got the fire. He got everything he needed. He got Isaac. He got his servants. He starts up the mountain. He doesn't know what God's going to do. But in his heart, he's got faith that God is going to either resurrect this boy or God's going to do something else. But he's convinced he's going to come back with the boy alive. Yes. He doesn't know how. He doesn't know when. He doesn't know what's going on here. Yeah, but, but, this, but this is the phases of faith. The final phase being what? Deliverance, the miracle, the answer. It all comes together. So you go from dream to decision. You have to get God's dream, get over your dream. You got to surrender by stepping out in faith. You go through a time of delay. You don't know why God's waiting. God's working on you, though, in ways you don't understand. You encounter difficulties. You hit a dead end, but that's just before the victory comes and just before the miracle. Listen to me, church. I got to get down here where you're at. Many people quit right before the miracle. They stop right before the victory, right before they get the answer. Because the devil's working overtime to get you distracted to run over here and take this detour, to go do that. Where's God? I don't know if he's going to show up. You know, you forget the dream, but real faith will hold on to God's dream. No matter what's going on, I'm going to stay the course because God promised it and he's going to do it. I don't know how. I don't know when. It doesn't make sense to my natural mind, but I'm going to keep following God. How many are ready to follow God like that? Come on, give God praise right now. Give him praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's the kind of faith that God wants to work in our life. So four, four quick things that tell, tell us how do we develop that kind of faith of Abraham. First of all, focus on God's ability. Amen. God's ability, not your own ability. 
but God's ability. It's so easy to be self-sufficient, independent. I've got this figured out. I hear people all the time say, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, and I want to shout back, no, you don't. God's got it, but you don't. Okay? We got to focus off of our problems, off of our needs, off of ourselves, off of the government, off of what's happening, off of the church, off of everything, and get our eyes on God. He's the only answer, His ability. Your situation may be out of your control, but it's not out of God's control. So don't focus on what you can't do. Instead, focus on what God can do. Romans 4, 17, did you see it there? In the New Century Version, it says, Abraham believed in God who gives life to the dead and who creates something out of nothing. That verse is a definition of a miracle. God can give life to a dead career. God can give life to a dead marriage, life to dead dreams, life to dead finances, life to anything in your life that seems dead. God is a God of the resurrection. He's a God of life. Jesus said, I promise to give you life and what? Life more abundantly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said, anything is possible if you have faith. What did Abraham put his faith in? Did he believe in himself? No. Did he believe in his feelings? No. That'll sure get you in trouble, won't it? Did he put his faith in faith? No. Did he practice positive thinking? No. He believed in God. Now, positive thinking is good. It helps. But it's not the same thing as faith. Positive thinking is worthless in things that are out of your control. When you come to a dead end, you need more than wishful thinking, right? You need faith in God. You need more than hope. You need more than happy thoughts. When you get to a dead end, you need to remember that God can do the impossible. Focus on God's ability, God's power. What is impossible with men is possible with God. You believe God's ready to do miracles Do you believe this season of miracles is right here? It's on the brink. We're on the edge. It's just on the other side of the prayer meeting. We're living in desperate times where people, they don't know what's going on. They don't know what to do. They're turning to everything under the sun. People are hungry for a church that's full of supernatural power. When they come in, they don't might not understand it, but they can feel the presence of God, and the power of God will make a difference in their lives. If it's not making a difference in your life, then don't go advertising it to anybody else because they're not interested in watching you fall apart. They're already falling apart. They want to see you in the midst of the storm and the fire and the situation and see you still maintaining the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Giving God the praise. That doesn't mean you ignore what's happening. That just means you're confident that God is going to carry you through. He's going to take care of you. Oh, I feel like praising God this morning. Come on, praise the Lord with me right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The greatest witness you'll ever have is when you go through a valley, you go through a storm, and people look at you and say, what? is making the difference in your life. What is making the difference in your life? Hallelujah. And then you have opportunity to tell them. And so that's number one, focus. Where's your focus? Focus on God's ability. Abraham never lost his focus on God. He made mistakes along the way. But he always got, he always got his focus back on God. You may fall off the wagon, but aren't you glad you can get your focus? You can get up. And get your focus back on God. 
The second thing is rely on God's promises. Rely on God's promises. And that's Romans 4 and verse 18. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. This is the New Living Translation. Believing that he would become the father of many nations, for God had said to him, God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. When hope was dead with him, him, he relied on the word of God. When you have nothing else to depend upon except God's word, how many know God's word is enough? God's word is always sufficient. That's exactly where God wants to get you, is depending totally and completely on His Word. His Word. Not your feelings, not anything else, but His Word. In His Word. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by what? By the Word of God. Now listen to this verse in the Message Translation. You ever read the Message? Uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 18. The Message says, When everything was hopeless... Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. You're going to have a big family. Have you ever felt like, like hope was dying inside of you? You were losing hope and you didn't know what to do. You were feeling hopeless, you know. And, and a sign of losing hope is when you start using the word never a lot. And you start saying, well, I'm never going to see that answer to prayer. I'm never going to get married, never going to have a baby, never going to be happy, never going to change, never, never, never. When you start using the word never, then it's a sign that hope is, is leaving your life. And that's exactly the enemy's intention is to get you backed in a corner and to get you at the point where you, you are saying, it's not worth it. I'm going to throw in the towel. There's no more hope. It's not worth praying about this. I prayed for this for years and years and years. My mom prayed for my dad for 50 years before she saw the com- completion of what she was looking for. Uh, God has a timetable that we don't understand, Right? But we've got to keep relying on the promises of God, the promises of God. How do you keep on believing when hope is dead, when you're feeling like doubting, when you're feeling like giving up? The Bible says that Abraham relied on God's Word. Nothing is more reliable than the Word of God. You must get into God's Word if you're going to have faith. Abraham relied on God's Word, and that kept him going when hope wanted to give up. Hebrews eleven seventeen. while God was testing him, Abraham still trusted in God and his promises, so he offered his son Isaac. Now, this is, of course, the supreme test. Isaac grows up. He's 25 years old. There's no more kids, and God says, I want, I want you to give him back to me. I want you to sacrifice to me. But Abraham didn't panic because he believed that God would raise him from the dead, according to Hebrews eleven nineteen. That's what he believed. And when he's telling his servants that went with him, what does he tell them? We're going to go up this mountain. We'll be back. Me and the boy, we're going to come back. He's confessing his faith right there to the servants. Then as they go up the mountain, Isaac at a certain point, and that's a tender moment in that story, is it not? When Isaac looks at his dad and he says, Dad, 
Where's the lamb? I see the wood. I see the fire. Where's the lamb? And Abraham didn't know. But he had faith that he was assured, so he just simply said, God will provide. He didn't know how. He didn't know when. He didn't know, he didn't know on the other side of the mountain God already had a, had, a, had a lamb, you know, going up that side of the mountain that was going to meet them at the top. God's already ahead of you, see. You, you can't even see what God's got coming your way. He's already got provision coming. You're going up the mountain. You're complaining and carrying on and saying, I don't know how I'm going to do it. You're ready to throw the towel in. Don't give in to the devil. If you quit, the devil wins. Don't quit. Keep doing the last thing God told you to do. Abraham got to the top, and God said, look over there. And there was the ram caught in the thicket. And God said, I've got a ram. And that's when God revealed himself with the name Jehovah Jireh. I am the Lord that will provide for you. Have you found that God's always going to provide for you? He's always going to provide for you exactly what you need, not always what you think you need or what you want, but exactly what you need at the right time. You need to praise God for his provision right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just have to stop and praise God every moment, you know, through this message because God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. 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 So what are you going to do when God says to you, I want you to sacrifice your greatest dream? That's the ultimate test of faith. When God says the thing you value most in life, what you want most in life, what you crave most in life, will you offer it on the altar to me? Will you do what Abraham did? Will you hope against hope? Will you hope in faith? Will you rely on the promises of God? God specializes in turning dead situations around and resurrecting situations that look hopeless when we rely on the promises of God. A promise is only as good as the integrity of the promiser, right? And God cannot lie. He keeps his promises. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's all we know about our God. So I can rely on the promises of God. My feelings may change tomorrow. Then more likely they will before I get home today. My feelings are going to go up and down, but God's Word is the steady rock, is the reliable thing that I can build my life on, and it doesn't matter what comes against me. I know that God's got a provision on the way. I can rely on His promises. So we've got to focus on His ability, rely on His promises. Number three, face the facts in faith. Face the facts in faith. You see verse 19 there where it says, without weakening in his faith, Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead and Sarah's womb was also dead, and yet he didn't waver in his unbelief. Through faith, Abraham regarded the facts. He recognized he and his wife were beyond childbearing years. He's 99. She's 89. And it's a medical impossibility for them to have children, both on Abraham's part and Sarah's part. This required a double miracle, not a single miracle. God had to do a miracle in Abraham's body and also in Sarah's body for them to have a child. And, and so it's a medical impossibility in both of their lives. He doesn't deny the facts. He recognizes those are the facts. He faces those facts in faith. See, faith doesn't ignore the reality. Faith does not pretend you don't have a problem. Faith is not is not 
acting like there's no difficulty. Faith is not denial. Faith is facing the facts and the problems of your life without being discouraged by them. I know what the doctor said. The doctor told me in 2018, I've got prostate cancer. That's the fact. But I'm not letting the facts discourage me. God gave me a promise, and I'm looking to the promise, regardless of the facts. I can, I can say, here's reality. I can say my marriage is in trouble, my career is in trouble, my, my health is in trouble, this is in trouble. I can say that, but I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to put my focus on God's ability, rely on God's promises, even though those are the facts, I'm going to continue to walk in faith that God knows what He's doing. Can you praise God about that? See, that's the key. Maybe things have not turned out as you planned. What you dream for isn't going to happen. You don't, you don't need to have a pity party. You may need to do some legitimate grieving, okay? You may need to do that. But you believe that God knows best, and you say, yes, it didn't turn out the way I planned, but I believe God has a better plan. Somebody say amen. amen. God's always got a better plan. God is not finished with my life. He's working in my life. And therefore, I'm not discouraged because God is still on the throne. And here's the last thing we see in this, in this scripture. Give praise to God. Amen. Verses 20, 21. He never doubted. This is a New Century Version. He never doubted that God would keep his promise. He never stopped believing. He grew stronger in his faith and gave praise to God. And I think the New International Version and maybe the New King James also says what? Give glory. So what it says? Are you following me? Give glory to God. But New Century Version says he gave praise to God. So that's the idea here. He gave praise to God. Abraham felt sure that God was able to do what he had promised. Abraham praised God even before it happened. Now, gratitude is easy because we have gratitude and we can thank God for what he's already done. It's amazing how many people don't even have gratitude, okay? You should always start there. Can you look back and see anything that God's done in your life? How many are saved today? Well, everything else is small potatoes, okay? You ought to thank God for his shed blood and for saving you. For, for the fact that he, you're alive and you're here this morning, you're praising God, and you've got blessings that a lot of people don't have. So, it's, so that's gratitude. We should always be grateful. We should always give thanks we should always give, give thanks to the Lord for what he's done. But here, Abraham's going a step further. He's praising God in advance for what God's going to do. Because God gave him the promise. He's relying on the promise. He, he sees the facts, but he's keeping his faith focused on God and the power of God's promise. And therefore, he said on the basis of that, God, I can't tell you how to do it. I can't tell you when to do it. I don't know that I fully understand why you changed my name to Abraham and showed me that my descendants were going to be as numerous as the stars and as all of the sand on the, on the, on the shores of all the oceans. I, I, I don't understand all that, God. But I'm going to praise you. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise you just the same that you're a God. You promised it. You can do it in your way, in your time whether it's in my lifetime or the next lifetime, God, you said you're going to do it. I'm going to keep praising you in advance that you're going to do it. Hallelujah. Amen. 
You're going to do it. Hallelujah. Be to God. Now, they've, they've kept my prostate cancer in remission with, with medicine on and off. And so I've never had, I've never missed a, uh, missed a day. I've never had any pain, never had a, never problem. Uh, you know, I'm as healthy as I, as I can be. But, but the facts and the tests say that there's some prostate cancer there, but they've got it in remission. So they said that we can offer you, we can offer you uh, radiation. And, and I prayed about it. My wife and I said, okay, let's do that. So we went to MD Anderson in, uh, in the month of, of March and uh, we're supposed to have 28 treatments. Uh, I got through about half of those. I hit the wall. Uh, it, it caused my, my colon uh, to flare up. That doesn't always happen with men, but it did with me. And, and so, so I, was, I was in the hospital for almost a week, went home, was going to give me a week break, you know, stayed home Two, two days, was, was back in the hospital for almost another week. But God had given me a promise. Amen. And the promise was back, was back last December. I was sitting in the, in the doctor's waiting room. And you know what you do when you don't know what else to do. You look at your phone. So, so I looked at the email, and I'm not too much for being on Twitter. But Twitter, I guess, knows that I don't look on Twitter. So they email me the tweets. Anybody get the tweets emailed to you? You know, so, so I hit an email of tweets, and a couple of them were from preachers, and you'd probably know them if I, if I named them. They're fairly famous preachers. And, and the first one said, God's got it. I said, I like that. And there was a second one right after that that said, it's all God's. I said, those two go together. That's two witnesses. I'll receive that. You know, and then they called me back to see my doctor, and we talked about radiation. And, and I got home. My associate pastor back in Lawton, uh, he, he was praying with me about it, and so he texted me, how'd it go? And, and, and I told him, that we're, we're planning on some radiation. And then he sent back this little text, God's got it. <laughs> I said, God, I'm not very smart, but that's three times... In, in less than 12 hours, so I'm going to receive that. Amen. So you always want to base what God's speaking to you like that, yes. you know, with the Word. So, so God, God gave me Scripture uh, for what he, had, what he had spoken to me in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 20. It's about Jehoshaphat, the vast army that was coming. They were outnumbered, right? They didn't know what to do. Jehoshaphat called a time of fasting and praying, and and then the prophet raised up and spoke the word of the God, word of the Lord, and said said, basically, God's got it. You're, it's it's his battle. He's going to fight this battle. You know, you're familiar with that chapter. That's, I'm kind of paraphrasing it, but it's God's battle. He said 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 I'm going to fight this battle. All you're going to have to do is stand still and watch, and see the victory. And, and so, so then, then the Lord spoke to me further on the fact that he's got it. And, and I came down to verse number, verse number, verse 15 is when it says, you know, don't be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours, it's God's. Then it comes down to verse, verse 16, tomorrow, march out against them. 
Now, here's the step of your faith, right? You do what you can do. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your position, stand still, and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. So that was the assurance God gave me. He said, go through the radiation, do what you can do. I'm with you. Amen. Isn't it neat when, you, when God reassures you that he's with you, Amen. that you're on the right path? Yes. If I get on my path, God's not on that path. I want to stay on the path of God where his presence is. Amen, amen. And, and so, so then verse 18, then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. All the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord and the God of Israel with a very loud shout. Verse 20, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out in the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me. All you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Yes. Faith. Verse 21, after consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. God, give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. <laughs> I'm now no longer focusing on my need, my problem, how God's going to answer it, what God's going to do. I'm now totally focused on the character and the nature of an almighty God who loves me, who is faithful, whose presence is with me. Hallelujah. His faithful love, what? It endures forever. Amen. I can't lose. I'm on the winning team. Amen. I'm going to keep walking with the Lord. Hallelujah. In verse 22, at the very moment they began to sing. Say at the very moment. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies and from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. As far as they could see, not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Mm -hmm. Now, this is what God spoke to me. Now, you don't stretch this. You know, you take the word of God for what it says. But sometimes God amplifies a word a personal rhema word to you. And I never thought of this until the Holy Spirit amplified it to me. God said to me, he said, there's an army of cancer cells fighting against you and you're outnumbered. But I've got this. The battle is mine. All you got to do is stand still and watch me. This is my battle. And he said, the day's going to come when they test you and every cancer cell will be dead. Amen. Not one of them will escape. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's victory in God's way and God's time is always complete. Amen. And it's always for his glory. So my position is not to figure out when or how or get frustrated because God hadn't done it the way I think he ought to do it 
or anything else. No, no, my position is to simply give praise to the Lord, to give praise to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because he's got this. He's got your life in his hands. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's going to do in your life. He's got it. He's got it. Give him praise. 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 Hallelujah. On the second week, I was in the hospital. I'm down to the last day on a Saturday, and a little Hispanic nurse comes in. And I'm sorry, I should have written her name down, but I can't remember her name. Probably never see her again until I get to heaven. She gave me an electrocardiogram. And, you know, those things are so fast now. If you've had one recently, I mean, they stick, and it's done. You know, so she had some extra time, I guess. And... uh, she said, oh, I want you to know my mama had cancer, uh, colon cancer, and God healed her, and she's 80-something years old, and she's home, and she's doing great, and I want you to know that I've got a song of praise for you right here on my phone. We're gonna, I'm going to play this song. Now, the song was in Spanish, and I don't know a word of Spanish. Not a word. Taco bueno is all I know in Spanish. She said, that's okay. I'll interpret. So she's playing this song as loud as she can play it, And she's interpreting the song as it's going on. Her hands are raised. My hands are raised. That hospital room in MD Anderson, downtown Houston, was a praise room. And we were giving praise to God. Hallelujah. And when you praise God, he's already ahead of you. He's already defeated the enemy. You're just going to have to stand still and you'll see the full salvation of your God. Hallelujah. Come on, stand right now and give him praise. Stand up and give him praise right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we praise you today. We praise you today. We praise you today. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Great and mighty is our God. Great and mighty is our God. Great and mighty is his name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today. We magnify you today, Lord. We give you all the praise for your love endures forever. Your love endures forever. You are a faithful God, a faithful God. Lord, you are fighting our battles for us. You are fighting our battles for us. So, Lord, let every single person here today be encouraged to keep the faith, to keep our focus on your ability, not our weakness, to keep relying on your promises and your word, Lord. Lord, whatever facts come at us, not to be discouraged, Lord, but to face the facts in faith and say, yes, I know these are the facts, but my God, but my God, but my God. Hallelujah. And then, Lord, to begin to give our praise to you. Lord, we give our praise to you from the bottom of our toenails, our entire being, because, Lord, you love us. You are faithful. You have provided for us. When we don't know how you're going to do it, Lord, you've got a ram on the other side of the mountain that's going to meet us at the top. Hallelujah. So let us not quit. Let us not quit, Lord, or or grow weary in well-doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We magnify you, Lord. We magnify you. We magnify you. We magnify you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 If you, if you need a miracle, 
or you know somebody that needs a miracle, then take a step of faith right now and walk down here with both hands lifted and say, I'm going to give God all the praise for this miracle to happen in his timing, in his way, in his will. For yourself or someone else, come on, step out in faith and raise your hands up and say, God, I give you the praise right now. I give you the praise, Lord. I know, Lord, you've got this. I know you've got it. I know you've got it, Lord. And I praise you for it. I praise you for your faithfulness. I praise you for your goodness, Lord. I praise you for your love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Great is the Lord, great is the Lord, great is the Lord, great is the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Church, just just worship him and trust in him. Put your faith once again in him. Where there seems to be no way, he makes a way. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, oh God. Let's reach out to him in faith, church. No matter what you're going through, just hold on to that promise that he has given you. Doesn't matter how long it's taken, keep the faith. Doesn't matter how far it's going, it does not matter. You just hold on to God. That's what we've got to do is hold on to Him in faith. No matter what, God, we will trust in you, oh God. Our faith is in you, oh God. <clears throat> yes, Jesus, our eyes are fixed on you, God, because when you say it, you will do it, oh God. Let's not get weary, church. Let's not get too tired. Hold on to God. Hold on to that promise. Jesus, we praise you, God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Where else can we go, God, but to you, Lord? Yes, Lord, you are the source of everything we will ever need, God. You have the answer, Lord. You have the answer, Lord. We trusted you this morning. We trusted you, Lord. We trusted you, God. Hallelujah. Church, whatever the need is, just bring it to God and trust Him. The promise is not dead. We just hold on to Him. Don't quit. Don't give up. Because He is able to. I love that word. Fully persuaded. He was fully persuaded because he knew who his God was. Abraham knew who his God was. And that's the same God we worship here today, church. That is the same God we trust. That's the same God we put our faith in. And when he says, yes, it is done, it is done, all we got to do is hold on to him, church. Hold on to him. Just worship him for a few moments this morning. Just worship him, church, wherever, whether you're up here in front or at the back. Put your trust in him and you will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Doesn't matter what the facts are. We trust in you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Let's worship him this morning.
Yes, Lord. Church, you believe that. Do you believe that? Because that's the God we trust in. A confident God. Yes, Lord. That's it. Yes, Jesus. Our confidence is in you and your promises, God. Yes, Lord. Your faithfulness, God, remains, God. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Be a confident God. Jesus. Yes, God. believe in God and I believe yes Jesus your faithfulness yes Jesus yes God hallelujah let's give a praise this morning church let our confidence be in him let our confidence be in him let our confidence be in his word as his word let us meditate on his word day and night because he is never going to go back on his word. He's never going to fulfill or not fulfill a promise when he makes it. He is faithful, church. He is faithful. Abraham had to wait years, but he held out to that promise. I don't know what the promise God has given you, but I'm confident that he will bring it to pass if we will only stand still and see his victory. Quit trying to do it on your own, church. Quit trying to make it happen. All you got to do is be still and rely on God this morning. Yes, God. We trust in you, God. We trust in you, God. Lord, but it's not in our timing and not the way we want it to happen, Lord. Lord, our faith wavers, God, but this morning, once again, I pray, you give us the confidence, you give us the strength, you give us the assurance that we need, God, to trust wholeheartedly in you. And I pray that prayer upon each and every person here today, God. Because we know, God, that you are able to do far more than what anything that we can even think or imagine. Because your promise is yes and amen. We thank you, Father, once again. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. You're the same God yesterday. You're the same God today. And you're the same God forever. The same God of Abraham is our God today. The promise he gave to Abraham is ours today in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. May faith arise in your church this morning. May faith arise once again in our hearts, God. When all hope is lost, God, I pray that your confidence, God, our confidence is in you. Thank you, Father, once again. Church, as I look across this this room, I can tell that we all have tasted and seen the goodness of God. His salvation. We know who our God is. 
As we go from here, may that confidence be in each and every one of us. If he made us, he created us, he saved us, he know what he's doing in our lives right now. No matter what, even when we don't understand, we just hold on to him. Because the battle is his. The battle is his. The victory is ours. Thank you, Father, once again, God, that when you begin something, Lord, you are faithful to bring it to completion. And we speak that over our lives this morning. As we go from you, God, we trust in you, Lord, that when you begin something, you will bring it to completion. Thank you, God, for that confidence, Lord. Thank you, Father, once again. We give you praise, God. We give you glory, God. Lord, and all honor, God, that is due to you. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you for that great word. Amen. Hallelujah. Our confidence is in God. God bless you guys. God bless you guys. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen.